Welcome to the Teach Amazing Podcast. I'm Neil, and in this podcast we're going to introduce you to amazing schools from around the world. So if you're an educator looking for something more, then this is the right podcast for you. Welcome to another episode of the Teach Amazing Podcast. In this episode, we're meeting Blake Spann, who is the Vice-Chancellor at the Dwight School in New York. He comes from a a long line of uh, school leaders and and teachers. In fact, the Dwight School in New York is celebrating its 150th anniversary uh, this year. Now, you may know that the Dwight Schools uh, are scattered across the globe. And um, in the last 20 years, the school group has grown and grown. But what lives at its heart is the school's mission. And Blake speaks clearly and eloquently about the power of their mission and their belief that teachers sit at the core of everything they do. It's a really inspiring interview and I hope you really enjoy it. So let's get started. First up, tell us a bit about yourself. You know, for me, I actually grew up in in New York. Uh, I come from a family of educators, uh, both my grandfather and my father. Uh, I graduated from Dwight in New York. Uh, I went on to Columbia University. Uh, I was captain of the tennis team there. Um, I then went on to uh, Oxford uh, and did both a master's and a DPhil in comparative international education. Uh, I, I, I turned my thesis into a book which is really implementing uh, the international baccalaureate uh, in the U.S. and really looking at a number of case studies of what worked well and, and what didn't when implementing uh, the IB. Um, I taught, I've taught in the U.S., in the U.K., and Japan. Um, I'll tell you, you know, one of the, the best achievements and, you know, where I learned the most was actually starting a preschool. Um, sure. in New York, uh, great experience, you know, doing every single job, you know, from <laughs> recruitment to legal, to finance, to the admissions, to teaching classes, to writing the manuals, to maintenance, you know, you name it. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think anything prepares you better, uh, to run a school than, you know, really kind of seeing what each job is like and actually doing it yourself for a bit so that was a a wonderful experience wonderful um and give us a quick introduction to the school sure um so dwight actually this year it's fortuitous um we're celebrating our 150th year uh as a school we started in 1872 um today i oversee the dwight school group uh as the vice chancellor uh, my father is the chancellor. He's actually uh, 81, turning 81 years old, and, and is really the heartbeat of the organization. Really, his passion for the students is is completely infused in the DNA of the entire organization. Uh, Dwight actually consists of Dwight, New York, Dwight, London, Dwight, Dubai, Dwight, Seoul, Dwight, Shanghai, uh, Dwight Global Online School, right. which was ranked the, the number two online school in the U.S., and Dwight Hanoi, which is going to open September 
of 2023. We also just started Franklin in Jersey City, which is a high school. Most of our schools are nursery through 12th grade. Um, and, and Dwight was an amalgamation of three schools, uh, Dwight, Franklin, and the, Amer and the Anglo-American school. And Dwight has actually been run by my family for the last 80 years. Let's learn more about this Teach Amazing School. So tell us about your physical location in New York. I know you've got different campuses. Tell us a little bit about it. We are a real campus school, as our middle and high schools are located in, on 89th Street. Right. Our school is actually on, on uh, is made up of combined brownstones, okay. like eight combined brownstones. So if you're in middle or high school, you, you enter on 18 West 89th Street. If you're in the elementary school, you enter on 88th Street. Okay. We also have um, at 291, those are mainly, uh, that's where admissions office is, but that's mainly where uh, a number of both middle and upper school classes are held as well. That's right across the street. We have a innovation lab on Columbus Avenue. We have a black box theater and a music, uh, a music studio as well on Columbus. Uh, and then we have all of our individual smaller language classes uh, there on Columbus as well. Um, again, as I said, we're more of a campus school you sure. know, located in this urban area. So we have two preschool through kindergarten locations. One is between 66 and 68th Street on Riverside Boulevard. Okay. And then we have a, another location, which just opened up this September, uh, that's for nursery uh, through kindergarten. That's on 94th Street and Columbus Avenue. Now, wow. we have a number of gyms located uh, on our 88th Street campus. We have about three different you know, gyms of various sizes. But our main athletic center is actually across the park on the east side. <laughs> So okay. that's where we have, you know, so we bust the kids over to swim during the day. Um, it's really during the day used for swimming. But then right. after school, that's where we would play our basketball games. We have tennis courts on the roof. We have a, a, a great fitness facility there as well. Uh, and that is our main athletic center, which is uh, across the park on the east side. Okay, great. And um a bit about your mission. Uh, it's all over your website. Uh, you go on and you can't miss it. Tell us how it was developed and tell us why it's important to you as an individual and maybe to you as a school as well. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of schools' missions sound pretty similar. You know, the one thing that I really love uh, about Dwight is we all live that mission. Right. And that mission is igniting the spark of genius in every student to really create a better world. And, and what does that mean? Um, if you go back, my father was really a one man spark of genius band. You know, he would meet with every single child individually and work backwards. 
find out their interests, what are their goals, their dreams, and then work backwards of how to, uh, one, allow them to really get as far as possible to, to ignite that spark in whatever yeah. it might be, whether it's, you know, the law, whether it's mathematics, foreign languages, soccer, baseball, you know, piano, it didn't matter. But to use that passion to also get them excited about their other subjects. That's really what it is. It's about really knowing your students. And if you right. can tap into what they're passionate about, you can get them excited about all their classes, not just, you know, um, what their major spark is. And so yeah. from really one person doing this with every student, um, we've now branched out to not only all the leadership focusing on this, you can walk into you know any classroom and ask a teacher what Sally's spark of genius will be uh, is, and they'll tell you right away. So it runs from the top leadership to the teachers down to the students. You know everybody knows what the mission is. Everybody lives it, and it doesn't mean you know that as a third grader you're supposed to know what your spark is. Indeed, that's you know. where I was going to go. I was going <laughs> to say, you know, how many third graders, even how many fifteen-year-olds, uh, uh, know their sparks? Uh, uh, that's uh, the challenge, isn't it? That's the challenge. And look, when you're younger, as you know, the kids' sparks change sometimes weekly. What they're sure. interested in. So you're you're going with that, and you know. It's okay not to have a single singular passion, but what the school, what the teachers uh, and administrators are able to do is really help them dive deeper into what they're interested in. And they don't have to have, you know, one particular passion in ninth grade, you know, as a 15 year old, but it is carving that out to see, you know, what makes them tick. It might be three or four different things, but our job is to tap into what their passions are. Right. And that's an incredibly important mission, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. And it, it lies really at the heart of, 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 of a true IB school and, and uh, it's deep in the DNA of, uh, of the IB and, you know, obviously is linked to your personal interests going back to, 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 to the studies, I guess. Um, the strategic objectives of the school right now, uh, you've come a long way. Uh, what are you looking to do going forwards? There's a, a number of things we're focused on. Um, you know, one is that we want every student that graduates from Dwight to be able to take an idea, any idea, and make that idea a reality. Right. So we don't know, you know, it would be great if you and I knew what the jobs out there were going to be, what they would want, you know, 10 years from now. It, things are changing in the economy on an annual basis. So we know a few things that critical thinking, um, you know, particular skills, uh, even in a big company, you want people to take an idea and be able to make that a reality you know, not just the entrepreneurs. Um, sure. So that's something we're very, very focused on as a school. Um, another thing is really figuring out ways to enhance the well-being for all community members. Uh, that's across mental, social, emotional, safety, and physical wellness areas. 
Right. Um, that's something we're very focused on. You know, another is creating a, a new schedule that really allows for more collaboration and interdisciplinary work between faculty members. We find yeah. that is critical to allow our students to reach their goals. We need to give uh, our teachers more time. So that's something Indeed. we're really working on. And it's pretty much the holy grail, isn't it? Uh, especially when you're when you're actually trying to look at how do you really meet the needs of each individual student when a school has grown beyond the moment where one person can follow them uh, through. It, it really is that 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 challenge uh, is one that's uh, been there for a long time. Uh, absolutely, you know. Of course, we're also really continuing to embrace diversity, equity, and inclusion for. For all, you know, and recognizing sure. all voices, values within our community, you know, that's something um, that we've been consistently, you know, trying to make better and better for, you know, decades now. Sure, indeed. And concrete plans, things that if a new staff member were to join you, uh, that they would see in, in, in the next couple of years, what kind of things are on the agenda there? Yeah, uh, you know, as we were just talking about, we are concretely looking at changing our schedule. You know, right. we're looking at enhancing curriculum options with flexible scheduling, innovative programming, student project development, you know, global experiential experiences, more time for collaboration uh, right. and interdisciplinary work. That is something that is occurring right now. We are trying to figure out what is the uh, best schedule for the next for next year. Um, another thing, you know, that we're doing, this is in our online school, but it affects all of our campuses. Right. We are um, one of right now two uh, schools that um, have been given credit to do the diploma program, the IB di diploma program online. Why is that important? It's something that, um, you know, for Dwight, New York and all of our schools, we will be able to have access to many more courses with our own teachers uh, through our Dwight Global Online program for the diploma students. So we're, we're very excited about that. Right. Yes, I can imagine. Uh, it'll have a, a really positive impact to, to enrich the program uh, into areas that perhaps uh, you couldn't offer uh, on site. Absolutely. Right. And and what about, you know, the practical staff to student ratios, uh, teachers, uh, kids? It's really important to have that, that bond. Uh, how does that look in, in, in New York? Sure. Um, so we're about one staff faculty member per, per about four students. Okay. Class sizes, you know, vary by age. Um, right. So call it about 15 students in kindergarten through grade two. We have two head uh, teachers throughout nursery and elementary school. Right. So in elementary school, we have two actually, not a head and associate in elementary, but two head teachers, plus a wide variety of expert specialists. Um, class sizes remain small through lower, middle, and upper school with about 15 to 20 students per teacher. Right. Um, we also have custom learning. Uh, we have a custom learning enhancement program called Quest that gives students one-to-one -one targeted support when necessary. Okay. And going back, uh, you know, a while ago, it was actually ranked number one 
uh, in New York City in the uh, Observer's Guide to New York's top schools for its low faculty student ratio that was compared to top private high schools in, in New York. Okay, great. And so for teachers, that's often really important, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, as you add numbers, uh, you'll know, uh, as someone who's taught them yourself, you know, the, the impact uh, is uh, exponentially uh, more difficult to, to, to actually uh, deliver um, on. Um, could you describe your student body? Yeah, tell us about your students. Sure. They're the most important people, so let's spend that a bit of time there. Look, that, that's why we are all in this profession. Um, I really think of our students as kind, diverse, uh, and inquisitive and, and an enthusiastic group of learners. Uh, you know, right. many of them will be future leaders in a variety of fields. Look, I'll, I'll give you kind of one picture that always sticks in my head when I think about our students. Um, we have a big intake of new students in ninth grade. You know, uh, 40, 30 to 45% of the, uh, of the grade can be new students, um, right. in ninth grade. So we've got this big intake and I'll, I'll never forget walking into the first day's orientation. All the ninth graders were in the, in our, in our gym. And I saw this one girl in the corner looking very nervous, very shy, kind of shoulders hunched in. So I made a beeline across the gym to introduce myself and to take her around and introduce her to other students. Before I got halfway across the gym, three girls that had been at Dwight together since the age of two right. walked over her to her together, introduced themselves, brought her into their group and started introducing her around. That to me is the definition of what we're trying to do and who we are as a school we're we're looking to create warm good human beings and when you see something like that you know that makes me prouder than a perfect score on the ib it certainly does it certainly does yes it's so true um you know, deep in, in the spirit of, uh, of what we do should always be, you know, that, that caring uh, aspect of, of looking after each other and looking after uh, the individual that's on the outside. Um, three things that you love most about your school, if I was to nail you down, only three. You can't, you can't give me four. <laughs> wow. I, I, you know, I talked about it a little bit already. I, I love the mission. You know, I love, you know, how it resonates throughout our, our faculty, throughout our students, you know, igniting that spark of, ge uh, of genius in, in all of our students. I, I love that so much about the school. It really, you know, lives deep in, in all of us. Um, okay. I love that our school is really focused on Kaizen, that Japanese word that means constant okay. improvement. We are constantly looking forward, constantly looking to uh, make things better for our students, constantly looking to innovate, constantly looking to prepare our students for you know, not just university, but, you know, their future careers. And, you know, nothing, nothing is better or exemplifies that more than, than my father, you know, again, being 81, calls me early every morning 
uh, in a, in a, you know, absolutely urgent manner of Blake, we've got to do this, this, and this today, right now, or else five years from now, you know, our students are going to be in trouble. They won't be ready, you know, for the new economy, you know, that I really love. And then, you know, the third thing is the community. Um, and it's really a, a family oriented community. You know, we're one of the few family run schools. Um, you know, there really are not many in New York. And what we have tried to do is to really make our community one big family. So what does that mean? It means, um, treating everybody like family members, um, no matter how difficult the conversation with a student, you know, to think about as if you're having that difficult conversation with your own son or daughter, you know, those are things, um, I personally love about uh, the school and, and I'm very proud, proud of. Wonderful. And how does that, we're talking about um, the school programs, how does that manifest itself outside of schools so on the extracurricular activities, the things that you do with the students outside the, uh, the, the confines of the school day and the, and the buildings? Yeah, we, we one love to think of things also as co-curricular. So things mm-hmm. that enhance what happens during the day. Um, you know, first and foremost, from a sports perspective, we just have a multitude of opportunities, um, in sports every season, um, too many to list. I mean, you know, track, soccer, tennis, basketball, swimming, volleyball, rugby, many, many more, you know, and those are, uh, you've got kind of sports, uh, kind of club sports at, from the very young ages going up to. Uh, very competitive in middle um, and high school, starting in seventh grade through 12th grade, um, you know, inner school uh, sports competitions. You have um, things like debate, mock trial, public speaking, baking and cooking wars, uh, fashion after school, bulls and bears, stock market clubs, sports management, Lego league challenge team, science club, uh, extreme robotic engineering, chess, you know, um, yoga, cheerleading, dance fusion. We have a program um, that I'm incredibly proud of called Spark Tank, which is Mm -hmm. like Shark Tank. Right. Um, You know, where our students uh, create, as I said before, our focus on taking an idea and making it a reality. They go through the design thinking process and, you know, come out with uh, a project and they are mentored and judged by uh, a group of parents or alumni that are entrepreneurs that help them through this process. And if they get through, you know, all the design cycle stages, they will actually receive funding from the Dwight Foundation. So there's just been incredible things that have come out, you know, of the Spark Tank, you know, apps for the hearing impaired, uh, prosthetic limbs, you know, fashion lines, all kinds of different things. Um, And of course, an after school yearbook, newspaper club, um, art clubs, chamber music, rock bands, on and on and on. Wow, it's a long list. It's a long list. You've obviously uh, achieved a lot um, in your school, but every school needs to improve. How how do you want to, what are, what are the things that you would, you know, if you were, were focusing in on things that you don't feel comfortable with, uh, what would they be? 
Yeah, I mean, things that really pop into my head right away, you know, I've mentioned before, it's just, it's finding, we have to find more time for collaboration and inter interdisciplinary work in the schedule. That's something, you know, I've mentioned that's critically important. The other thing we struggle with, you know, constantly is finding more space, Indeed. you know, um, you know, in an urban area, in a city, um, we are constantly constantly looking to find more space, classroom space, um, office space, uh, faculty, you know, lounge space. I mean, you know, we just redid our entire faculty lounge. It's, you know, beautiful, but it's not, you know, when you go to our other campuses that are not in a, in a, in a major urban area, sure. you know, uh, we could fit four of our faculty lounges in one of theirs, you know, <laughs> so space is, is something we struggle with there. Find out about the teachers and the team. So tell us a bit about your faculty. So we've got uh, a little over um, 250 faculty and, and staff on, on the team. Right. And, um, you know, they come from all over. Very diverse uh, group, um, different countries, different languages. Um, you know, and really uh, phenomenal, phenomenal team. Right. And the leadership team, tell us a bit about the people who are leading your school. Sure. So, so uh, DeAndrew is our head of school. Uh, she's actually from Australia. Um, mm -hmm. You know, she was actually uh, on the IB board and was also the chair of the IB Heads Council. Right. So a true IB acolyte, you know, through and through. Um, just an incredible, you know, leader. It's always great when you have people around you that are better than you uh, at what they do. And, um, you know, I can say that about our leadership team. Um, you know, all of them, you know, I used to think, uh, you know, with the priest, I had to do this, I had to do that. And I, you know, it's just wonderful to be around people, like I said, that are better than you um, in what they're doing. And, uh, you know, Deanne is a spectacular leader, uh, leads from the front, leads by example. Right. Um, you know, it's not what she says, it's what she does. You know, we had a, a, a major flood last year um, and, and our entire basement was flooded. You right. know, Deanne was in school from 11 at night so till five in the morning, you know, mopping and, and draining the basement. You know, so so that is the type of leader um, you're you, somebody like me is more than happy to, to follow. Um, sure. We've got just, a, you know, some phenomenal um, division heads. And sorry, Deanne has been at the school. Gosh, I'm not sure. Close to probably, I don't know, 18 years or so. She's right. planning to stay for two years, you know, <laughs> from Australia and uh and it stayed a bit longer and started here as a teacher, you know, something we're very proud about. In fact, most of our leadership team um, are head of the upper school, our head of the middle school, you know, currently um, our head of curriculum um, and MYP and DP coordinators all started as teachers here, right. all of them. And they all rose, um, you know, through the ranks uh, to do that. The leadership team on average, I think is, you know, 14, 15 years, probably on average, um, uh, here and just a, a, a great group. Um, 
if you want to, uh, or, want to join your team, uh, I guess uh, joining as a teacher is the uh, is the the way forward. So. I, I I would say definitely is a possibility. Our head of the lower school, um, Delphine, you know, who is uh, started last year. Um, so our head of the lower school retired. Um, I uh, previously, you know, Martha Hirschman retired, and um, it, I got her out of retirement to go over to Dubai for a year. Um, but but Delphine replaced uh, Martha. She was at another IB school in New York, a phenomenal background, incredible educator, and has kind of come in seamlessly to our leadership team. So it's only her second year here. So not right. necessarily, but yes, I think something you know that we're very proud of is is promoting from within sure. uh, our teachers that do want leadership. And another thing you know, that I'm, I'm very proud of is if there isn't a specific leadership position at Dwight, New York, we have been able to find leadership positions in our other schools. For example, at Dwight, London, Chris Beddoes started as a, as a elementary school teacher here for a number of years, then became associate head to the lower school. And currently he's the head of school, uh, at Dwight, London. So numerous yeah. examples uh, like that. Okay, and um, teachers, what do they do? They love most about the school. If I were to yeah. talk to teachers, I've heard what you love, uh, yeah. but what do they love most uh, about the school? Do you think? Yeah, I, I would say um, they really love that it's a, a warm. You know, Dwight is a warm, supportive family-like environment, right? you know, probably, you know, what I hear most is that teachers really love their students and their colleagues. Uh, they also love that our mission that I've been talking about, igniting the spark of genius pertains to them. So sure. we focus on igniting their spark. So if they have an interest and want to create a greenhouse or a wilderness club, um, we allow them to do that. If they're passionate about it, the students will also become passionate about it. So it's tapping into what they love. Um, I think they appreciate our, our faculty child policy. Um, you know, it's very unusual in New York. I think we have by far more faculty children than any other school in New York, you know, going with our, you know, uh, focus on family as a community. Sure. Um, they really love our professional development opportunities. I think we do more, PD uh, internally and externally than any other school in New York. Um, and as I mentioned before, you know, I think they love that we offer leadership opportunities globally if they don't see the, the possibilities in, in their current location here in New York. Wonderful. Okay. And if I'm talking to them, imagine it's, um, I'm trying to think, February. February is never a good uh, month for teachers uh, in the never. Northern Hemisphere, in my experience. <laughs> Imagine true. it's February into March and people are feeling tired and it's still yeah. raining in New York and uh, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, you know, they come off a hard day on Friday. Uh, what would they tell me that they don't like? Yeah, I, I would say two things I, I hear often. You know, one I've mentioned, you know, we're really trying to, to change that. It's just, just more time. You know, oh. and, and the schedule currently doesn't allow for enough time. Um, you know, more time for collaboration with other teachers is something I hear often. Um, and look, 
they would love to have similar facilities as our global campuses, especially the ones that are in more, you know, rural areas. Um, you know, sometimes you can fit a lot of our school in some of their hallways. Uh, you know, they're so big. So I, I would say those are the, you know, the two things, um, you know, I, I probably hear the most. Learn what kind of teacher this school is looking for. Okay, so we understand a bit about your school. What about teachers? What are you, what are you looking for in the, in the perfect teacher? Yeah, I, I think, look, from somebody's resume, you can see if they have the, the background from a pedagogical perspective. And, you know, we have them teach a class as well. Um, most important thing for me personally, I, I look for two things. I, I, I look, I, I want teachers that are really passionate, that you can feel their sure. passion because I can't teach that. Like I told you, you know, we do so much professional development. If you give me a teacher that's passionate and that's open and innovative, has an open and innovative mind, if you give me that type of teacher, we can fill in the gaps. Indeed. I will take a teacher that has that, that might be lacking slightly on the pedagogical side versus a teacher you know, that has all of the, the pedagogy and background, but lacks that openness and that passion, you know, because as you know, you know, getting across your point uh, to teachers, no matter how knowledgeable, knowledgeable you are, if you are not passionate about your subject, you're, you're going to lose your students. You're just okay. going to lose them. So that's, that's the really... main thing, you know, we look for. Okay. And in terms of, you know, minimum requirements, uh, baseline requirements, either for, for your school or for perhaps even for visa um, sort of uh, 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 restrictions, um, what, what do they look like? Well, you know, I, I would just add before that, you know, just thinking about, you know, the teachers from also a personality standpoint, you know, really warm teachers, caring, dedicated, enthusiastic. Um, you know, in terms of the qualifications, you know, we say, uh, again, it's slightly different for different roles, but about three years teaching experience, a bachelor's degree, a master's is preferred, but not needed. Um, and the same thing, prior experience and training with the IB is ideal, right. but it's not required. Right. I was going to ask you that. Um, so you do take on teachers who haven't got uh, IB experience if they demonstrate the kind of characteristics and traits that you're interested in. A a absolutely. Look, I'll tell you something else. We took on a teacher who had who was innovative, open and passionate from a different career. Right. Indeed. Um, but what we had him do, he came in and spent six months as a substitute. And he kind of uh, interned uh, and was mentored by, you know, two master teachers. So, right. you know, when he started the, the year this year, uh, he's been phenomenal, you sure. know, so, so it's not, we, there are exceptions to that kind of three years teaching experience as well. Right. And do you value sort of, you mentioned you took someone from alternative career paths. Do you value that, that sort of, uh, alternative rich experience I, of, of I, or do you want something that's linear? No, no, we love 
alternative. I, I think, you know, it's interesting. Those who have had other career experiences and come to teaching are much more both open and appreciative of what they have. Right, exactly. And and they also bring another perspective, you know, this kind of quote unquote real world experience perspective. Personally, I find all of those hugely valuable and love to see that on, on somebody's resume. Learn more about this school's contract. So let's talk nuts and bolts a bit, uh, like um, the contracts. What kind of contracts do you offer people when they start with you? Sure, our contracts are basically um, evergreen contracts. You know, the hope right. is when we hire you, you're going to be here for your career. Um, and then there is an annual extension okay. uh, given out each year with uh, an annual raise each year and any different responsibilities. And how is that organized uh, uh, practically? Does that you know, November time or, or how does that uh, structured? So that really um, goes out kind of during, you know, either before or right after the winter break. So in, right. in January. Okay. And if you, um, if you are a new employee and you've come in, uh, mm. is there a probationary period? Yeah, and, and sorry, just to go back, it's different yeah. at our global campuses. Really, in right, New York, sure. I'm talking about, um, you know, how yeah, the indeed. contracts are done. And uh, in New York, uh, for the probationary period, um, what we do is we really observe teachers throughout the year. And we have a, a, a mentoring program. Right. And the mentor program is from the first day of orientation through their entire first year at Dwight. Now, the right. program includes both regular group meetings and one-on-one -on -one support with a mentor okay. uh, that's in their division or department. And the program really assists new team members with everything, you know, including introduction to key individuals at the campus, to working together to develop both professionally and pedagogically. Uh, and a number of these mentor meetings take place weekly, and that's something uh, that we found very important, you know, with right. our new teachers. And so there's an really... assumption of success, uh, I guess, built within that process. Yeah, a Absolutely. Yeah, and that's really important, uh, uh, I think. Uh, you know, there's often two models here. We have the, the assumption of success and then the assumption of control. And, uh, um, you know, that, that's really important to, for teachers to hear about. Uh, practically, what are the working hours uh, like? You said... Um, um, you know, you have a wonderfully ambitious program. What does that mean for teachers? Yeah. So the working <laughs> hours are from, you know, 24 seven. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, you know, contractual hours are seven thirty in the morning till, till 4 PM. Right. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, people coming in, uh, is there a difference between the working hours expected of, of, uh, kindergarten teachers as opposed to, uh, uh, DP teachers, how does that work across the school? Yeah, of course, you know, a little bit different for, you know, the twos, a little bit different for others. But, you know, I would say, right, like um, nursery starts a little bit later and a little bit earlier. Um, but for the most part, it's pretty close, you know, from call it elementary uh, through um, through DP. Right. Okay. And, 
you know, in the in the rare case, I guess that that you know people don't fit and that you can't uh, uh, come to the right place through a mentoring program and and through those conversations. Um, how do you manage uh, parting ways uh, in your school? Yeah, for us, it's it's pretty rare for that to happen. Sure. Um, you know, during the year, it has to be something extreme to disrupt. You know, the children and. You know, we focus on everything possible. As I said, the mentoring, um, scaffolding, you know, anything we can do um, to help that teacher with whatever the difficulty is. But say something extreme happens, you know, we have uh, an outwill contract um, and, you know, are able to let somebody go immediately, which, again, is different from you know, uh, our other campuses, you know, sure, in London, you have to go through a much, you know, bigger <laughs> process. I, I took me a year to let somebody go who told me that they didn't like children. So we, we value our at work hey. contract. You know? <laughs> well, welcome to the UK. Uh, yes, uh, yes. In that regard, indeed. Yeah. And I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, and of course, it varies enormously, I'm sure, in the other international context you have. In, in terms of uh, the ability to, to move in that regard. Um, yeah. Let's move on to the package now. Um, yep. You know, uh, obviously, critically important teachers coming in. Um, uh, what's included uh, for, for a teacher coming into the New York school? Yeah, you know, if you're coming into New York, um, our benefit package includes uh, medical, dental, vision, 401k, complimentary lunch, flexible spending, dependent care, transit and parking reimbursement. By the way, you ready for this now? Also, pet insurance you can get through the school. Right. Uh, short-term, you can get also short-term and long-term disability and, and life insurance or all kinds of things, you know, that are, that are possible. And, you right. know, one thing, just going back for a second, you know, on your questions about kind of the working hours. Sure. Working hours are different from the, you know, kind of class contact period. Indeed. So our, our, our teachers are really expected to teach. Let's say we have a, 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 an eight-period day. They're expected to teach five out of those eight periods every day. Wow, that's very generous, isn't it? So... You know, that's about 19 hours per week right. of, of classes when it comes out to that. So so that's really um, how to think about those, quote, con that, that doesn't mean that they won't, you know, have kids coming in. That's a, sure, a lunch period and then, you know, two other periods, um, you know, in various meetings, et cetera. But, but it's really five out of the uh, five classes out of the eight period day. Right. And, and that makes a significant difference, doesn't it, to teachers and their, their ability to deliver uh, to the students day on day. Uh, those, those, those numbers are probably the most important numbers uh, that we've talked about uh, yeah. in terms of uh, teacher impact, I think, over time, especially when it comes to February, as we were talking about uh, earlier. That, by the way, that's the truth. It is. It is. And, now, uh, now I, I, I will say, I will say, Neil, in February, uh, almost ever, doesn't matter if they teach, you know, two periods a day or five <laughs> or eight periods a day. In February, everybody is is overworked. Yeah, you know, it's always the way. It's part of the, the the cycle of life of a school. I think uh, that's the uh, truth. A universal truth. 
Anyway, let's get back to, to money. Um, relocation, do you help people coming in? So it's interesting. Um, our more urban schools, um, you know, like Dwight, uh, New York and, and Dwight, London, you know, there's not as many, um, people relocating. Right. But, you know, we will look at, um, you know, usually our applicants are people that are here. Okay. Um, and, and so, for example, in Dubai or Seoul or Shanghai, you know, there will be, that will be part of, you know, attracting people there. Now, having said that, we do, uh, you know, have on occasion, you know, giving move, moving stipends or allowances, um, uh, right. you know, to to teachers coming from from abroad or from another state. Okay, and you know, in general terms, you know, living in New York is expensive. Um, uh, how do you how do your teachers do in terms of of, of salaries, and are they able to save? Uh, uh, how does that work? Yeah, it's very hard to give you a definitive answer. Indeed, Everybody no, is course. a bit is a bit different. You know, we don't kind of formally track this data. You know, of course, informally. Um, you know, with cities like New York, um, you know, and with inflation where where it is, it, it kind of you think, how is anybody living here? Um, now, yeah. having said that, yeah, our teachers seem to you know live here very successfully. Um, you know, they're finding uh, housing. Um, in, in all five boroughs, some will live right. in, you know, outside the five boroughs in, in New Jersey or Long Island City and commute. Um, but, you know, for the most part, yeah, a lot of our, that, I would say the biggest issue is finding housing. Sure, um, of course. But our teachers, you know, uh, have done that, um, you know, and seem to all be, you know, living, living pretty well. Um, again, could they be you know, uh, doing better in New York. Yes. Uh, but I can say that for, for most of my, my friends and colleagues, <laughs> you know, New York is, is, sure. a, is an expensive city for sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. And what about teachers, kids? Do they come to your school? Is there an ability for, for teachers to send their children to Dwight? You know, I'm glad you asked that question. Yeah. Um, it's something, you know, I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of, as I said, you know, one of our pillars is community and we think exactly. of community That's as, why as I was thinking it's really important. Absolutely. And we think of community as family and what better way uh, than to support our teachers. Now, officially, we will give a 20 percent discount. Right. So meaning, right. you know, um, that you would come show your no matter what. And then if your financials are such um we would give you full aid. Now, right. if are you ready for this? We have, um, I, I was talking to a, a, another head who was talking about having uh, 20 teachers, children on full aid, and they have a big school and saying it's killing them financially. He fell out of his chair when I said we have 65 teachers, children on full aid at the school. All right. 65. That is by far the, the largest of any school uh, in, in New York, um, you know, in terms of, of children. And again, it's something that for us, we really feel is, is important. Now, having said that, if you're new to the school, I think you need to be here. Uh, maybe it's two years, I think, um, before getting that full benefit. Right. But it is incredibly important, isn't it? Um, with, and so many schools, um, you know, 
uh, neglect that element. But of course, um, you know, if your kids are there, uh, it's a very different uh, uh, kind of relationship you build with a school as if your kids are at the local school down the road and, and you're seen as a service provider for others. Uh, it's so true. That's so important, isn't it? Neil, I would, I would add it's, it's a huge benefit, not just for a great education, not just for having your, your teachers fully invested. Um, I, I've had such a great learning experience. I have, I have two children. My daughter's a senior here at Dwight. My son's in eighth okay. grade. Boy, you know, when I take off my administrator hat and put on my parent hat, it's, it's a phenomenal learning experience for me. Right. The other thing is, outside of the, the monetary benefit, which is massive, you know, because look, in, in New York, you would have to earn twice the amount because you have to pay after-tax dollars for education. Teachers don't understand. You have one child here, you would have to earn $120,000 to send them here. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So massive benefit. Um, you know, I'm not sure that all of them realize what a big benefit it is, but, but it is a massive benefit. But more importantly than the financial or even the pedagogical side, as a, you know, having my kids here, I love the fact that I can walk to school with them. I love the fact that I can check in on them. I love the fact that I know their friends, you know, that I can oh, see gosh. them walking in the hallways, run into my kids. You know, that's something I, I really think is, is priceless. Yeah, it is. It is. As dad who's, who's uh, gone on that journey with my children, I know exactly uh, how it is. Um, we're very privileged uh, when, when, when you are in an administrative or leadership position to actually be able to walk by and glance your your eighth grade kid uh, uh, in, in their daily life without uh, feeling desperate embarrassment or or um, panic. Um, totally. So it's a wonderful privilege. Uh, indeed. It really is. Um, again, going back to practical stuff, uh, how many yep. days do teachers work uh, are required to work at the school? Um, Contact You days. mean like so... Uh, yeah, I mean, the 180 day, 185, yeah, you know, that yeah, number, is, is there right. a number with you guys? I think it's a particular number. Um, you know, I think we compared to, again, our global campuses, we definitely have fewer days here in New York of school. Right. You know, it, it goes from, I always remember, I can't remember the exact number, but I remember it's a, it's a small number, you know, sure. again, compared, compared to other, with... other, other campuses. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Indeed. And, and, you know, you mentioned these wonderful programs. The teachers are obviously expected to give rightly so, give to a variety of different uh, uh, extracurricular and co-curricular activities. How does that work um, from the teacher's perspective? Yeah, you know, each term a teacher is looked at to have, you know, one activity. So, for example, each trimester, um, you know, you do one day a week for a, a uh, extra co-curricular activity. Now, we would look at things as, you know, if you're coaching a team, Right. which is an everyday, then the other two trimesters, you wouldn't need to do an after-school activity. Right. You know, the expectation is from three to four, you would be around for extra help um, if, if, if students needed it. Okay. And is there extra payments or is it included in the package? So um, the only thing there, it's included in the package. The only thing that there's, um, you know, extra payment for is let's say, you know, you're running a club that's doing a lot of things on the weekend as well, or there's more days and, and, and for sports teams, there's extra pay as well to coach. Right.
learn more about the recruiting schedule and onboarding process. So when do you start looking for teachers normally? You know, again, kind of as a global organization, it's really year round. We're right. looking for yeah. teachers. You know, we try and start earlier. You know, if we know, um, you know, teachers are very good about, particularly we're, we're very focused on um, teachers going from one of our schools to another. So for example, I had a teacher come up to me at the beginning of the year and say, you know, I'd really like to go to London next year right. if something opens up in my in my department, you know, in their department, um, in my field. Um, another teacher say the same thing about, you know, Dubai. So, you know, if we know teachers that are going to be leaving, um, we re start recruiting right away. We don't wait. Right. Now, okay. um, most of that, um, you know, we give out the contracts in Christmas and we get everybody's contracts around um, back around March. So okay. we start recruiting heavily, knowing who is not coming back in March. Okay, so that's quite late, in fact, isn't it? Uh, uh, it, uh, it compared with know, other schools, it's pretty normal in New York. Ah, um, okay, it's pretty normal in New York. Um, but again, we're much earlier at our global campuses. Indeed, indeed, I get it. And um, you know, uh, the 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 timeline attached to you know, going out and recruiting and, and publicizing, that would be local, would it? Uh, how do you go out and, and sort of uh, advertise? Yeah, we, we post vacant positions on our on our website as okay. well as a new a numerous other, you know, websites, um, particularly like, you know, NYSEs, ISAGNI, you know, the IB, you oh. know, and then a number of local kind of job boards is is okay. where we'll we'll post. Right, and if you were um, so you've got the job uh, and you're turning up uh, the school, uh, what kind of onboarding process uh, can can a, a staff member expect uh, joining uh, your school? Sure, you know, you come about a a week before, um, and you go through this orientation process from how to use the technology of the school to finding your way around the school to understanding who the key people are, contact sheets, um, expectations. Um, if you haven't taught the IB, you're given, you know, like an IB primer um, and really also a primer on, you know, our mission uh, and, and really what our pillars are as a school. So that is in that orientation week. Um, and then I mentioned before, Neil, our, our mentoring process, which really goes for all of our new teachers, which is a year long uh, process. Right. And socially, do you have so events do. Uh, to bring we, people together? We do. We do. We have, a, a, you know, a number of lunches um, and, you know, towards the end of orientation and then throughout the year, you know, some cocktail parties, things like that, just getting the faculty uh, together. So we do a number of those. Find out how to get a job at this Teach Amazing School. Okay, Blake, you've convinced me I want to come. I really want a job with you. How can I get a job at uh, Dwight, New York? So now you, you've got a job. You have to just tell me, you know, what it is you want, what field. <laughs> I, I, I mean, 
you know, such a, I might such take a, you up on that. You never know. A, a, absolutely. <laughs> such insightful questions. I mean, you can't go wrong. Um, no, I think that the, the best thing is, um, you know, of course, you need to put your resume. That's really all that you need. You know, put your resume into HR. Uh, you can look at our website for openings, you know, throughout the year, um, getting getting that in to really ensure that you get in um, for an interview. Look, the best is if somebody in the community could recommend you or right. somebody even that had taught at one of the campuses. Um, anything personal like that is just helpful. You don't need that, but it's massively helpful and credentializing. Um, it could be a parent. It could be a student. It could be somebody from another campus. It could be a faculty member, an administrator. It doesn't matter, but, you know, personalizing it a bit is, is hugely helpful to absolutely ensure, you know, you, you come through for an interview. And when I make the interview, you mentioned earlier about, you know, um, showing showing difference and demonstrating uh, all the other kind of things. What what are you looking for when you when you're interviewing somebody? Are you looking for someone who sits there and and spouts out the, the you know the, the learned answers, or or are you looking for something else? No, I'll tell you again. You know, going back to what we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, we're looking for somebody that's open that's innovative, you know, most importantly, you know, you feel that warmth, passion about what they're doing. You know, mm -hmm. that is the most important thing. You know, my, my daughter was a humanities person, you know, all through elementary and I was constantly preaching STEM to her until she had a, a, a you know, went into middle school where they separate the subjects. She has an incredibly passionate math teacher, an incredibly passionate science teacher. You know, now she's pre-med. Now she's focused on the sciences. As a parent, even though I'm an educator, I couldn't do that. I, I am looking, we're looking for people like that, that are so passionate about their subject. They translate that into students that don't even initially have an interest in that subject. That's, that's the most important thing for us. And, you know, I think we also want their sparks of genius to come out. So if you're applying for a math position and, you know, you love astronomy, well, I'm excited for you to start the astronomy club. You know, if you're a language teacher, but you were a professional or, you know, university soccer player, I want you to be involved in the soccer team. You know, oh. so those outside uh, interests are something that we also really value um, with teachers. So what other schools would you recommend? So finally, um, we, we sort of always ask the question about schools that you would like to recommend uh, to teachers or to others. And um, I'd like to ask you that question, Blake. Is there a school out there that you would recommend, say a teacher doesn't uh, uh, get a job with you or, or an educator that would be something that you could personally recommend? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's always a tough question because, you know, if I'm not spending a lot of time in that school, you know, you, you never quite know, right? Sure. So, you know, I, I really, um, 
you know, I'm giving you all, I, you know, I think of one uh, recommendation I would give very strongly because I know the head of school um, uh, and, and that's the, the Stephen Gaynor school, right. um, which is, you know, down the block from us. The very different school uh, specializes in some, you know, learning differences like, you know, being able to deal with dyslexia, dysgraphia, things like that. And why I would recommend them is, you know, I've just seen from students that have come to us that we'd recommended to go there that have gone for a number of years there and then come back to us that have been stellar superstars. So not only had they been able to manage the area that was their learning difference or difficulty, their area that was a strength got even stronger. And, you know, we're not talking about, you know, kids that are not going to top universities, kids that are coming back after spending years at Stephen Gaynor are going to UPenn. We had a graduate go to UPenn from there, graduate go to Harvard, you know, so uh, they must be doing something uh, really good <laughs> in terms of their results. And again, I know their head of school, you know, whose, um, you know, daughter went here. Um, they don't have a high school uh, for high school. And um, yeah, that that's a school I've just seen, you know, do great things. And I respect the leadership there uh, greatly. I'd like to thank you so much, Blake, for being with us today. I loved uh, the conversation. Uh, the passion that you have is, is so evident, and uh, it's been a real pleasure to learn about yourself and your school. Thank you. Neil, uh, thank you. This is a lot of fun. I could talk about you know teachers all day. At the end of the day, I, I always say something, which is even uh, you know, if, if I were to send my, school, my, my children to school in a cave, I would do that if it was with a great teacher. You know, Indeed. teachers, teachers are, are everything, as you well know. So this, this was a real uh, joy. So thank you for, for, for this, Neil. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this visit to this Teach Amazing School. Subscribe to the Teach Amazing podcast and join us on our journey exploring amazing schools around the world.